Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. In this episode, we're discussing COVID-19 again. Yes, I know we can't get away from it, a little bit sick of it, but it is a pandemic, people. It's not going away anytime soon, so we're going to share with you some data. We're going to talk about how you can still survive and thrive in this new world. We're going to show you how. This is episode 14, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, visit araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Well, Chris, welcome once again to our 14th edition of this Happy Hour. And of course, we know what Happy Hour is complete without a few beverages. So, Chris, what are you drinking during this Happy Hour? I am drinking local tonight, or at least local to Tampa. I am drinking a Coppertail Free Dive IPA. What about you, Ryan? Chris, one of the things that you've heard me talk about the last several episodes is I love red wine. And especially with our episode with Nat Bibby on LinkedIn Strategies, I talked to him about Australian wines. Well, so it got me thinking a little bit more that maybe I need to try some new wines. So I have discovered this uh, Shiraz. It's called uh, D. Ehrenberg Footballt Wine. I don't know. It's, it's a very weird, and I actually had to read it off the label just now. Uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue as some of the others do, but I'll be honest with you. It's fantastic. By the way, I'm not into just promoting value wines and all type of wines, but this is like a 93-point James Suckling, and it is – $13, something like that I got it for. So, by the way, you don't have to go crazy, 93 points, and it's great, good again with uh, with some steaks, which, by the way, I paired this with earlier. So, that is what I'm drinking in Aussie Syrah. Sounds good. Well, we have our beverages in hand, so let's get this show on the road. He's Ryan Smith. I'm Chris Casale. Thank you for joining us this week on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to the podcast, hey, thank you for tuning in. And if you're a repeat listener, thanks for coming back. Marketing is a big passion of ours, and we hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Our goal is to help your business achieve results so that you can reach your goals. In this episode, we're again discussing the impact of COVID-19 on businesses particularly those in the small to medium business space, as well as startups and, of course, entrepreneurs. There's a lot of data that's coming in, and it's not looking really good. So to recap some of this, at the very beginning of when we launched the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, we started talking about communicating during a pandemic. Your messaging having empathy. And the next in episode two, we talked about sort of this this new normal that is taking place with COVID-19. Along the way, we've talked about some other areas, not COVID-19 specific, but definitely areas that we'll touch on a little bit again in case you haven't listened to them about your marketing messaging, knowing your audience. But let's recap some of the data. There was a June survey conducted by the Small Business for America's Future, again, June 2020. Now, if you're listening to this down the 
down the road, it's still interesting to see where we were at in June and, you know, as you continue to progress forward. Out of a survey of 1,200 small to medium businesses, only 23, and I say only because that at the time was a lot, 23% say they're considering closing their doors permanently. Now let's go forward to middle of July 2020. Yelp came out with their own survey And out of the roughly 133,000 total businesses that they have listed on their site, many are temporary or still permanently closed. And again, mid-July now, 2020, 55% of the pandemic era closures on Yelp have now gone from temporary to permanently closed. So Chris, as we can see, this has been an absolute shift of temporary where we thought, hey, let's shut down maybe for a month, let's get to it, and a lot of areas open back up again. But what we're seeing is just the permanent closure of a lot of great retail places, restaurants that may no longer be open whenever this pandemic ends. Yeah, the the numbers are not good, and it's really unfortunate. And as you mentioned, it's really certain sectors that have been hit much harder than others, right? Restaurants, bars, shopping and retail, beauty and spas, uh, fitness. Uh, there's been a lot of gyms in the news trying to reopen throughout all of this. And, you know, some states are being harder than others. Uh, there's many reasons to, to, to stay closed, to, to reopen again. It's just not good, unfortunately. I was reading in a similar article, uh, also data published by Yelp, that 45% of bars and clubs have permanently closed, 48% of businesses in the retail and shopping categories have been completely shuttered, and these are businesses that are just not coming back. And, uh, you know, the world is going to be a different place when we return to, you know, normal or the new normal as it is, because... You know, the days of, of going out to eat as frequently as we did. I mean, it's in a lot of cases here in Florida in particular, uh, movie theaters aren't open again. When are we going to feel comfortable packing into a movie theater to see the latest, you know, Marvel release or Star Wars release or whatever the next big blockbuster flick is, right? It's that's going to be a long ways off. Uh, we talked about the conference industry, you know, marketing conferences, but, uh, you know, big, large gatherings and events and whatnot, non-existent. And everything that I'm reading says that uh, forget about the fall. A lot of these aren't even coming back in the early part of 2021. It, it will be the second half of 2021 at the absolute earliest. So not looking good right now. But I think it lends to your point about, you know, knowing your audience. You know, one of the things that we have talked about regularly on this podcast is, the importance of knowing your audience so that you can be where they are. And I can't remember, it was one of the previous episodes where we discussed how businesses that had a strong online presence prior to COVID-19 have done better throughout all of this than those that did not. I'm looking at a stat right here. E-commerce is currently up 18% and brick and mortar is down 14%. So if you had a physical location your business is down at least 14%, maybe worse in certain cases. We just talked about all the closures. Maybe it's down 100%. But e-commerce is up 18%. So if you had that strong online presence, if you existed in the space where your customers did in that online area, whether it's social media, whether it's a website, whether it's a blog, whether it's a shopping site, whatever that may be, you still had an opportunity to weather some of this storm. So the businesses that were able to do that, that had that prior to this, 
were more successful. What we've seen going through all this is people, companies, businesses really of all sizes. This is not just SMBs. A lot of the enterprises is, okay, so what has happened after this? You know, Chris and I talk about the, you know, Friends fans. And we talk about, you know, Ross it, with the whole pivot episode. But that's what companies have had to do. So mentally, you know, channel your inner Ross with this. We've all had to pivot in some form or fashion for those that have been, had the ability to stay in business. If you're not in a retail brick and mortar, there's other ways that maybe you can uh, adapt your business. That is making that digital transformation. So digital transformation is not necessarily new. I think COVID-19 has forced a lot of companies into this. Now, to get more into it, go back to episode five, where we really dig deep into small to medium-sized businesses making that digital transformation. I think that's really good and really relevant for a lot of people. So these companies have had to introduce, you know, new virtual services, making, you know, maybe some offline delivery services. The companies that are agile, that are able to dig deep, think of new ways to reinvent themselves, those are the ones that are going to come out on the other end of this. Now, if you're in a local mom and pop ice cream shop and you haven't been able to open, okay, you might not be able to reinvent yourself. Maybe you can, I don't know. But there are certain companies that seem to be able to thrive and make changes through all this. We've talked about in the past a pizza company in the Chicagoland area that they started making face shields. So again, not pizza related, but they just pivoted to making face shields. So there's a lot that companies have done that they've able to still make a step forward when the whole global economy has sort of gone backwards through all this. Yeah. And I mean, as we're talking about pivots, some pivots are very small. Others are significant. You know, if you're in the food and beverage space, offering uh, curbside pickup or delivery services, that's a relatively small pivot. If you're no longer able to maintain a dining room at full capacity, offering those services is an easy way to still be able to sell your product. If you're not, or you're in the type of business that requires a more drastic pivot, I mean, you have a choice, right? You can do nothing. You can continue to sell typewriters in a digital world or fax machines post email, right? But we know what happened to those businesses. Or you can think outside the box and you can look for new opportunities and you can do an assessment of what do I currently have and how can I use this to solve a business need? You mentioned the pizzeria in Chicago that ended up making face shields. Well, what do face shields have to do with pizza? I can't find anything, right? But they were able to figure out that the pizza ovens they have were able to heat the, uh, I guess it's the plastic, to a certain temperature that made it more malleable. And so they were able to use something that they already had to create something new to serve a business need. And I think I mentioned this before. Are they going to sell face masks or face shields rather post COVID-19? Who knows? But they certainly have an opportunity to should they decide. So it's being able to do an assessment and inventory of what tools and technology you have at your disposal and how you can use that to solve problems in today's world in the new normal. 
And I think that's interesting. The whole new embracing the pivots. Get App did a survey of a bunch of SMBs in July 2020. And kind of what we talked about a little bit more, we sort of teased the companies that are coming out of this, you know, that are still intact in a way, as opposed to permanently closed, you know, 58% of SMBs, by the way, in this specific survey, SMBs actually goes up to about 500 employees. So it's pretty close, you know, not all of these are going to be, you know, definitely small and medium size. It's you're getting to relatively starting to get in the larger count of that. So, so keep that in mind when you're hearing some of this, but 58% came up with a new online delivery channel. 40% came up with a new virtual service. So a new virtual service, what could that be? And I think this is interesting. If you're a restaurant, for example, and I, we go back to that because I think we all eat and I, I love food. So a new virtual service, let's say your restaurant, you have to close. What could that be? You could come up with some sort of cooking class, a master class, a webinar that you pay to teach maybe your recipes. How do you create your pizza, for example, uh, with this? So there are different things that you can do. And I'm, I'm, there's 50 million, you know, from having your own yoga instruction studio because you used to be the yoga teacher at the local gym or what whatnot, now you can do your own yoga classes. You can create a series. You can do Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, do it on TikTok, as we learned is. That's huge in the micro-influencer space. If you go back to the last episode, episode 13, you're going to learn a lot about how to be a micro-influencer. A lot of this comes down to these virtual services. So some of these examples are ways that you can make money, generate some revenue off of it. Also, where you're no longer in a brand that was non-existent, you can continue it online. And technically, you have a chance to open up to your audience really from a global standpoint on there. So Chris, what are your thoughts on, on all that? Yeah, it's funny some of the things that you mentioned. I saw an article the other day that uh, Beachbody is actually up 300%. And Beachbody, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, a virtual app that you can add to your phone, to your TV, to your tablet and whatnot, and watch a series of live workouts. Some of them even have uh, trainers and instructors, and you can order their product, uh, their shakes and their energy drinks and things like that all online. And it's basically for having a gym at home. They're up 300% throughout all of this, right? If you can't physically go to the gym, uh, stay home and do your workouts at home. Another thing that we're seeing is I mentioned conferences a little bit earlier. Uh, all of the early data is saying that there will be no, you know, they've done several surveys. Individuals are not willing to travel. They're not willing to pack into crowded places. And realistically, who can blame them? Several are saying that they're not even going to consider it until there's a vaccine. They're only going to be virtual through that time period. So if you're trying to do business, Prior to that happening, there's no business to be had, or at least it's going to be a very small percentage of it. So a lot of conferences, a lot of events are going online. They're going into the virtual space. And the preliminary data on these virtual events is, is pretty good with over 75% being satisfied with it. And the nice thing about virtual events in some ways is that in-person events are limited in capacity in terms of the total number of people you can have at a particular location, certainly before it becomes a fire hazard. But with virtual events, as long as you have sufficient technology, the sky's the limit. You can include as many people as you see fit, which can create other opportunities for you. 
And this Get App survey that we're just kind of talking about, and it was later also reported by Martech today, it found that the biggest small to medium business challenges in this sort of pivot were those that lacked employees or they didn't just quite have the internal skills to execute completely understandable, uh, the lack of funds also understandable, especially if your revenue has just fallen off the table, setting up new online delivery channels. Working with a lot of small to medium businesses, Chris and I have talked about this a lot, and I think in future episodes, we'll probably dig into this a little bit more with some experts that uh, you know work with entrepreneurs uh, directly. We found that if you're great at creating this product, but you have no idea how to take that product and move it into the online space or to how to su- generate some sort of audience, but you make a great product. That's a real serious issue. And so here in the survey, it kind of makes sense from what we've seen is, you know, setting up new online delivery channels is a very difficult and high obstacle for a lot of SMBs. But what's interesting with this GetApp survey, it found that Small to medium businesses that had pivoted were reportedly significantly better sales than those who had not. So while there are obstacles to get to this, if you can overcome them, adjust, use the word you're going to pivot, you're going to find success on the other side of it. So it's still worth reinventing yourself and finding ways to take a product and, again, move it to a whole new platform. Yeah, and I think one of the the keys in what you were just talking about is, you know, with regard to pivoting, some of the obstacles that you come ac- across, they're not as insurmountable as they may seem at first. In order to host a an online event or to move online with some stuff, you don't need thousands of dollars in studio video equipment and lighting and sound and all of that. A simple $50 webcam uh, and a lot of them are actually built into tablets and phones nowadays, will allow you to get online. And while it won't have the high production quality that you're used to seeing with you know major TV stations and whatnot, it's more authentic. People are getting to see you in your environment. And I can't tell you how many stories I've read about or seen or encounters I've had where, you know, people are hosting events and there's a dog barking in the background or a child runs on screen and whatnot. This is the world in 2020. And I think people are very forgiving of that, very understanding of it. I think it adds a lightheartedness to it because people understand that this is what everybody's dealing with. So very, very inexpensive technology can help you overcome those hurdles and open up doors to things that maybe you hadn't considered before. And so essentially what we're saying is that, yes, the outlook is grim right now with a lot of this data, but there is a ton of opportunity that exists during periods like this. Sometimes you just need to take a step back, take a look at everything that you've got at your fingertips and find ways to rethink your approach. So go for it and let us know how you did it. We want to hear your story. Send us an email, podcast at araxam.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com, because we want to highlight your success stories as part of this program. We love working with small to medium-sized businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs of all sizes. And the more success stories we've got that we can showcase, the more that'll help inspire others. That will wrap up this week of Digital Marketing Happy Hour, but no episode is complete without Keep It Light. Ryan, what are you reading or binge-watching these days? So I am so thrilled that baseball is back. Yes, I know it's sports. It is baseball. 
I have been sort of binge watching. I got the MLB package, looking at all these games. I'm just excited. I don't even care that nobody's in the stands. I think it's just great to have one of America's pastimes. I know it's supposed to be the America pastime, but I think NFL is also part of that now. Uh, But baseball is back. And again, I'm just thrilled. So for me, keeping it light, I am just excited. Obviously, I'm a huge Tampa Bay Rays fan. Uh, You know, again, have a chance with the awful Yankees that they are going to battle against. But again, so for me, it's just I'm just excited that some sort of normalcy in the sense that fans well, they could be cardboard cutouts, but there are fans at the stands at baseball games. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm usually better about reading and watching and staying in touch with stuff, but I've just been so busy the last week, week and a half with everything going on that I just really haven't had time. But like you, I love that baseball's back. It's definitely been something to get used to with, you know, the cardboard cutouts and no fans. And I know some stadiums are actually piping in crowd noise and whatnot, which is a little bit weird, but... All in all, baseball's back, and I love watching it. But since I didn't get a chance to read something, and given the subject we just talked about, I actually i am a little bit OCD, and every once in a while, I rearrange my bookshelf, because despite all of the digital books that I own, I actually have two bookcases that are loaded with stuff, and so I, I typically go through, donate some, rearrange things as I get new books to try and make everything look a little bit more uniform. And I was pulling a few off the shelf the other day, and I came across a book that I read 10 years ago that if... Uh, our audience hasn't read it. I want to make it as a recommendation because I think it's just so fitting. It's called Duct Tape Marketing, and it was written by John Jance many years ago. And, you know, I, I think I've shared my background of how I came from tech into marketing. That was one of the first books that I ever read about the subject. And what I fell in love with it is most people that are in a small to medium-sized business or a startup, they have, you know, one or two things, maybe, maybe more, that they are really, really good at. Most of us aren't unicorns, right? We might be good at a whole host of things, but there's really one or two or three things that we are more exceptional at, right? So you're trying to get your business going and maybe your expertise is in finance, right? Or maybe it's in sales or maybe it's in technology and you're focusing on that core area of your business. Well, no successful business can operate without all of the pillars, you know, marketing, sales, finance. Duct Tape Marketing is an exceptional book to read, particularly if marketing isn't your strength, because it gives you lots of tools and tips and techniques that you can use to make marketing work for you. And it's called duct tape marketing for a reason, right? Duct tape is such a universal tool that, you know, you can use it to fix all kinds of problems. Well, you know, it's not meant to make it seem less valuable. In a lot of ways, I think it's more valuable because it allows you to use all these different things that are right at your fingertips that maybe you just weren't aware of. And it just gives you a chance to open your eyes to it and explore all kinds of new possibilities. So it was a real eye-opening book for me. And I really, uh, you know, really want to recommend it to, to our audience that's listening because I think particularly now, if this isn't a strength of yours, that's such a great book and it stands the test of time. Well, I think what's big with that, too, you and I had the pleasure to listen to John speak at, uh, at I think it was Inbound, uh, several years ago. By the way, we, we've mentioned that before. They've just put on a great product, by the way, uh, HubSpot with Inbound in Boston. But uh, this particular one, we got to hear him speak, and he just dropped so much knowledge that is relatable 
actionable that you can use to help your business. So I'm with you. I didn't uh, – now I'll out myself. I didn't read that book, but having read his contents throughout you know, blog posts and so forth, I've listened to his podcast several times. And then hearing him speak, he is – yeah, he's he's a good resource to, uh, uh, to listen to. So definitely uh, a second vote there with, uh, with John Jans. He's written several other books since then, but I felt like that was the the book that started it all. So uh, definitely, I recommend all of them. But that one is a is a great one to kind of uh, get the ball rolling. All right. So we would like to hear from you if you heard something you loved, or if there was something you know what you kind of disagreed with, and you want to get your opinion out to us. We want to know. So send us an email podcast at araxum.com. So again, the email address is podcast at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. But even better, find us out on social media. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Just do a search for Ryan Smith Marketing. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, the same handle. It is at Ryan Smith FLA. That is again at R-Y-A-N-S-M-I-T-H-F-L-A. And you can find me on both LinkedIn and Twitter. On Twitter, I'm Real Chris Casale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We hope it'll enlighten your day. After all, this is our mom's favorite podcast. And on that note, Chris, uh, for everybody else, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at betterwithmusic.com. Thank you for listening.